Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Hello, welcome to the Ice as uh, I'm Alex B. Smith. I'm not sure where Ian Cameron is at the very second. Uh, Matt Robinson also joining us. Welcome to uh, today's episode. Today is Luke Day, uh, December 20th. We're back. You got it, Ian? We're back. Yeah. <laughs> like, I closed the wrong window. I closed my StreamYard screen just now. Uh, I'm trying to close okay. off stuff that I don't need for notes. And here we are. We're back. Welcome to the Ice Guys. Thursday, February 29th. Yes, it's a leap year. That's why we've got a February 29th today. Uh, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and Matt Robinson with you, ready to break down the Thursday card. Uh, we're very excited about it. It is a huge uh, Thursday slate. We are looking forward to it. We'll get, obviously, to that in just a moment. Uh, first off, though, what I want to start with is, obviously, um, we'll get to the Tanev trade. That was obviously the big deal uh, uh, yesterday. Um, the big news, I guess you can say. And, look, not at all surprising. This is something that we have been basically expecting uh, for uh, quite some time. Uh, Dallas and Chris Tanev, uh, Dallas and the Calgary Flames, as far as Chris Tanev goes, have been linked for several days now. It was just a question of whether we would see when we would see that deal likely come to fruition. And it ended up happening last night. It ends up happening. And what I love about the deal for Dallas is Chris Tanev fits an immediate need, the type of defenseman they need, and that is shut down, block shots, you know, be very sound in his own zone. Because let's be real, we've seen this team defensively maybe not nearly look as sharp, not nearly look as strong in front of their goaltenders as they did last year and two years ago. Uh, so to get a Chris Tanev, this is a guy that's going to help you at playoff time. Is there the concern that, yes, he's older, mid-30s, yes, he's had a lot of wear and tear on his body and the uh, potential for injury down the road? Of course, there's no question. He plays a very rugged game, blocks a million shots, it leads the possibility to him getting injured. That's the, you know, you're always at risk getting hurt. But, you know, you, you cannot shy away from making a trade for a guy like this because you're worried he might get injured. You know, this is a situation where he makes this blue line better. He gives them exactly what kind of they've been missing here as far as their blue line is concerned. So, and what I love about the deal that Jim Neal was able to pull off here, the general manager of the Dallas Stars, is no first round pick given up. The top three consensus prospects in the Stars organization were not included in this deal. Maverick Bork, Logan Stankoven, uh, and Bikesell, uh, the defenseman that's playing over in Europe right now. Uh, so it is a good sign there. They didn't have to give up any of their bigger, high-end prospects out of the cupboard. And obviously they got someone that's going to help them at playoff time. Your prototypical Stanley Cup playoff defenseman that every team needs, you know, if they're going to eventually lift Lord Stanley's Cup in June. So... I uh, like the trade, and, and Calgary didn't get a bad return either. Second-round pick, uh, I like Artem Grushnikov, the guy that I saw here in Hamilton play for the Bulldogs in the Ontario Hockey League. He's a very physical defenseman, uh, hard-hitting, uh, very good team guy, teammate as well. So they got a nice little lot. Now he's not ready for the NHL right now just yet, Grushnikov, but it's someone that will develop in the Calgary organization. I'm sure he's going to play with the Wranglers uh, at the very beginning, and uh, they obviously get the second-round pick as well. So it was a solid return for Craig Conroy, uh, but definitely for Dallas. Look, 
a great deal because this is the kind of player they need right now. Uh, we'll start with Matt on this one since he's the resident Dallas Stars fan here uh, on the show today. Uh, Matt, I know you're excited about Chris Tanev making his way to Big D. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I know they were in the running for it. I know it, it leaned that they were kind of in the, the lead as far as uh, who might land him, but I think it's a great fit for Dallas. Um, I honestly don't know if Nil is done. I think he might even be looking to potentially add one more defenseman to the mix uh, based on what I'm reading. But uh, nonetheless, huge pickup for Dallas. Big stay at home. D. I was looking at his numbers. I mean, he's second in the league in block shots. Everyone knows that that's kind of his, his go-to stat. He'll block it with his face if he has to. Uh, but, you know, he's plus 16. He, he has like 13 points, so it's not like he's hitting the score sheet often. Um, but to be plus 16 on a, a lower-end team like Calgary that sort of had struggles throughout the season, um, you know, just is a testament to how strong he is defensively. Uh, so I think it really helps the blue line. Obviously, would have loved for him to be in Dallas tonight. Big game against Winnipeg, a division rival, you know, battle for first place right there in the mix. Uh, it's looking like he may be in for Saturday, but more than likely next Tuesday. Uh, but nevertheless, you know, really excited to have him. They've got this stretch of, you know, lesser talent games coming up. So, you know, he can kind of get some gel going and, and get some chemistry with the boys. Um, but, yeah, overall, love the love the trade. Um, didn't have to give up too much. So um, huge pickup for Dallas. Yeah, no first round pick, no top three prospects in the organization given up to get a guy like Chris Tanev. That's a uh, good GM work, certainly uh, by uh, Jim Neal. Alex, your thoughts on it? Yeah, fantastic trade. Uh, that's one of the holes that needed to be patched up for Dallas. You know, now that you have a fairly solid blue line, you can sit down a 39-year-old uh, suitor who pretty much does a whole lot of nothing most nights, and, and now you have a little bit of depth. If you have an injury, you can plug him back in. You have a veteran guy that you can trust in the locker room, and you have another veteran presence that you can trust, not just in the locker room, not just in practices, but who can actually get the job done on ice in Tanev. So I think it's a great move. Like I said, not a lot given up and what Calgary got back will help them for the future. Calgary. And I know, like I said, Flames fans don't want to hear it, but this is a team that should be looking at a soft rebuild, you know? And, and, and I mean, I mentioned it on, on the, the bet cast and we said, you know, Tanev get moved. Uh, I think Hannafin would be another guy we could see get moved before March 8th. Markstrom's a different story. You probably stick with him for the rest of the year and you try and move him and get something really big during the off season. Uh, I think that's the best kind of option there for that. I think there's a couple of teams that might be moving some big-time goalies in the offseason, Calgary being one of them. But uh, as far as things go for right now, it's great to see that a trade's finally happened because this will move the needle. This will get other teams that really need to patch some holes and get some things done before the eighth. Uh, finally, we might see some more movement here. So the first domino has fallen, and uh, we'll be you know busy keeping up with that for the next nine days. Yeah, the trade deadline fast approaching. You know, March 8th will be here. Uh, before you know it so uh, we're definitely uh, looking forward to uh, that and certainly when these trades roll in we'll be definitely giving our thoughts on each trade that uh, goes down the pike certainly between uh, now uh, and the uh, March 8th uh, trade deadline. Uh, Wednesday just briefly on the two games Igor Shesterkin played great last night uh, for the uh, New York Rangers. I don't know about the team in front of him. I know they won the game four to one uh, but that was not the best performance. I expected a little bit more from the Rangers than they delivered, especially when they had the lead in the third. They really were sitting back and letting Columbus really fire away at them. Uh, but Sturkin was terrific, continues his really tremendous renaissance since the All-Star break, where he's looked like the old Igor Sturkin again. 
for the Rangers, but the uh, they do get it done. Uh, I did grab a little full game puck line. Unfortunately, I had a little more on the first period puck line, so uh, would take the small loss there. But four one uh, with the uh, Rangers there against the Jackets, and then in the second game, and now you're seeing why I've adopted the over trifecta route with these some of these games lately because. There was a time when I would only be on over six and a half in that Blues Oilers game last night, and I would have lost. But last night we did have, as we split it between the first period over, the first period both teams to score, and it was that two to one start to the game, and then it just quieted down. And that's kind of like what happened with LA and Edmonton the other night, where Edmonton defensively, after a rough start, they got their shit together in the last two periods, played a lot better, as did Stuart Skinner. Skinner was excellent. Again, that's two back to back third periods with the game on the line where Stuart Skinner has played very well for the Edmonton Oilers in net and the Oilers, you know, with another nice solid win to try to get their game back on track after a little bit of a rough patch. They've now won back-to-back games at home against the Kings and the Blues. And now we can stop talking about Connor McDavid's gold route now, thankfully, as he uh, gets the overtime winner last night for the uh, Oilers. Uh, And now we can get back to uh, business as usual and not have to hear about that for another uh, several days in a row as McDavid gets off the schneid. How about Zach Hyman, man? This guy is something else right now. 40 goals on the season. Edmonton Oilers, their first two goals. What an incredible player this guy is. Hard work every single night. Just a dog on a bone from a four-checking standpoint. You can't you can't beat him for loose pucks. He is going to win those battles nine times out of ten. Hey, he is just a great, great hockey player. Does all the little things right. And he's he, he continues to get better as well. Uh, he was already really good in Toronto years ago. He's even better now. And man, is he going to really come in handy having Zach Hyman on this team come playoff time? He's just a, the perfect type of playoff performer. Uh, and certainly, look, Edmonton's already yielding the benefits of his presence now. Wait till the playoffs start. Uh, Alex, thoughts on the uh, two games last night? Yeah, I mean, it would have been nice to see those two goals go to uh, Connor McDavid instead of Zach Hyman. But, yeah, he's been playing his ass off. And, and that's the the key to why Edmonton's been so successful. Like I said, okay, fine. One goal in the last 11 games for Connor McDavid to go with 25, 26 assists now. Uh, that, that still counts for 27 goals for your team at the end of the day. So, like I said, we can put it aside. He's going to score again. But he's been helping his team out the whole time and getting other people involved. That's been the issue this whole time in the McDavid dry side layer is that there's not other people involved. It's 97 and 29 every fucking night or they don't show up and they lose. So if, if you're an Edmonton Oilers fan, yeah, don't don't whine about the fact that he only has one goal. Whine, you know, be happy about the fact he's chipping in and helping everybody else out and giving these other guys confidence, like you said. Once you get into the playoffs where you're going to need two goals from Zach Hyman in the playoffs, to possibly win a game to even up a series or to get you the lead in a series. Okay. It's not going to be four goals from McDavid. It's not going to be a hat trick and two assists from Dreisaitl. So getting those other guys involved is, is better now and in the long run. And, and Stuart Skinner playing well, getting his confidence back at the right time, that is absolutely massive. So if he can stay healthy and stay focused the next two months, it's a dangerous Edmonton team as any. But also got to give a little bit of credit to St. Louis. They are scrappy, they are feisty. Much better than I thought they would be at this point. I thought this would be a team right there down there with the Arizonas and Chicago's of the Central uh, vying for for uh, a, a lottery spot. Here they are looking for a playoff spot instead toward the top. So uh, they can, you know, they need to get some more consistent goaltending. They can't sit on a 2-1 lead against a team like Edmonton after the first 20 minutes. You got to keep pressing the action, take the crowd out of it. 
Those are those little things that help you become a better team toward the playoffs. When you have a 2-1 lead against a team like the Edmonton Oilers on the road, you need to come out guns blazing like it's game seven, third period in that second period of that game. Put the screws to them and put that game out of reach. Those are the teams that win series. Those are the teams that win championships. Yeah, you can't let a team like Edmonton hang around because the firepower is there, and they proved that last night. St. Louis could never get it to 3-0. Edmonton got it to 2-1. Uh, and they could not get it to 3-1, and Edmonton tied it, and that's when you felt that game was slipping away a little bit from the uh, St. Louis Blues. Uh, Matt, your thoughts on last night? Yeah, I didn't catch too much of the action. I uh, I did watch the first period of that St. Louis-Edmonton game because that was the one bet uh, that I was big on was the first period over there. I actually got in at two. Um, on For whatever reason, the book I was, I was using and was on the run was at two plus like 130. Um, so that Zach Hyman uh, power play goal at, at the end of the first that period was, was big huge for me to get over, yep. over that two bump. Yeah, so um, pretty light day for me betting-wise. I did uh, tail Alex on his Pacers minus six and a half bet, which hit as well. So uh, that was nice oh, to yes. see. And, uh, but yeah, didn't, didn't catch too much of the action last night. Obviously, just two games slate. Um, always try and catch the TNT game, but I just had a dinner to be at and stuff like that. So. Um, but looking forward to tonight's card, obviously the stars play, but really deep card, uh, in general. So, um, looking forward to tonight. Well, just from the time we've known you, you devote a lot of your nights to watching hockey. So every now and then you got to devote a night for something else. And last night was, yeah, one of those nights to a good night to choose to maybe do a little something different. No question about it. You know, with only two games on the, uh, the NHL slate, which is not the case tonight. It is a huge Thursday card and we'll roll right into it. Buffalo, Tampa Bay, we've got the Lightning, minus 150 home favorites, six and a half the total in this game. The Lightning are back at home where obviously they've been better this year, but even on home ice lately at Amelie Arena, this has not been a invincible Tampa Bay Lightning team. You know, they, we've seen them only two and uh, four in their last six games. In fact, they enter this game on a three-game home losing streak. Remember their last homestand, they were just one and three. They got the win against Colorado, but they dropped three straight on home ice to Florida, Ottawa, and Washington. So laying minus 150 is not something I am doing with the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I'm sure everyone in the chat knows that already. This is not a team I'm laying minus 150 with, uh, even at home at this point in time. Do I really in love with Buffalo that much? That's the question. Uh, they did play Florida very tough. 3-2 loss to the Mighty Panthers on Tuesday night. So you got to give them credit for that. Hung into that game. And I will say this about the Buffalo Sabres. They actually, the last time they were in Tampa, last year in February, they won in overtime, 6-5. to five. And in fact, this has been a Buffalo Sabres team that has won three of the last four meetings against Tampa Bay. Now, the last meeting was earlier this year was the one meeting of the last four that Tampa won in Buffalo, 3-1 to one, January 20th. But this has been a bit of a difficult matchup for the Lightning. They have not been able to put the Sabres away easily or very lightly. So, yeah, with some trepidation, because it is Buffalo. But right now, the form of Tampa Bay does not merit minus 150 in this matchup. It just doesn't. I'm going to grab Buffalo plus 130. I really like the draw here. I, I think there's really a good chance we see overtime or a shootout. Buffalo almost got that Florida game the other night to overtime. Three of the last five meetings have gone past regulation, including Buffalo's win here in Tampa Bay last February, six to five. So, yeah, this is dog and draw split for me. There's dog and draw that I like a little bit more. 
a lot more actually in the next game. But for this game, uh, a little bit here with the dog and the draw split. Sabres and draw for me. Uh, Alex, what do you think? Sabres, Lightning. Yeah, this is my smallest draw play. This is the draw play I, I like the least, and it's strictly off of history. Three out of uh, of the last five meetings, teams that, you know, Tampa Bay needing points desperately. Buffalo has played teams kind of a little bit better with Tampa, so we could see some back-and-forth pace, and it's, you know, just worth grabbing at a number based off series history. What I like more than that is the first period over. Now, I'm not even going both teams to score. I'm just going strict first period over, uh, one-and-a-half minus $1.25, nine straight first period overs, in the last nine meetings, 16 and four, the last 20 meetings between these two teams. So there's always goals early in, in the contest between Sabres and Bolts and uh, definitely liking that first period over. So a little bit of draw, but much heavier on the first period. over. You know what? That first period over, I might even jump in on that just a little bit, because I remember the last game, which was in Buffalo. It was three to one. It was that early game. It was a Saturday afternoon, really, really early start in Buffalo. It was three, one Tampa. And I believe, uh, Two of two of the goals were in the or two of the four goals in the game were in the first period. So there you go. First period over hit in that game, even though the full game stayed under. Because I do think this full game could stay under. You know, I yeah. know Vasilevsky hasn't played as well, but he's definitely gonna be pissed off about the way he played against Philly. He was bad, flat out bad in the Philadelphia game, especially in the third period. He'll want to bounce back. And I really like Ukopeka Lucan and picked a pack of pickle peppers form right now uh, for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. Uh, he's been pretty solid for them lately. He's actually been on a nice little run. Three of his last four starts, he's won. He's given up three goals or less in five of his last six starts. So UPL's in a nice little groove right now uh, for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Maddie, what do you think here? Buffalo, Tampa Bay. Yeah, I don't really like either of the sides here. Um, I can definitely see why you're on Buffalo, but. I just – I never know what Tampa I'm going to see. Um, you know, they may come out and win this game 5-1 or they may lose 7 nothing. I, I have no idea. Um, the only play for me pregame is that first period over. Um, I'm seeing it at, like, minus 130, which is pretty good, you know, price for a first period over. Um, and then on the off chance it's a 2 nothing first, you know, you're safe from the both teams to score. So um, that'll be my only play on this one, um, at least pregame. So. All right, good stuff there. As far as uh, props, there's not a ton uh, I'm doing here in the prop market other than I might look toward Nick Paul. Brandon Hagel point. I know Terry and others have been on Brandon Hagel point in a parlay of some kind repeatedly, so I wouldn't argue with that, uh, obviously. Um, And then on the Buffalo side, you know, Dylan Cousins, you know, someone that's kind of been spotty, you know, a little bit quiet lately, but I think jumped out of the uh, funk there the other night uh, against Florida. You know, could see him maybe uh, making an impact here for the uh, Sabres in this game uh, from a a goal-scoring standpoint. So uh, keep an eye on that. Those are two props I would be interested in for that one. All right, we got the Bruce Cassidy Bowl next up, also known as the Vegas Golden Knights taking on the Boston Bruins. Boston minus 160, home favorites, five and a half the total in this game. Yeah, Bruce Cassidy Bowl, Bruce's current team versus his former team. Um, And, um, you know, Vegas getting off the schneid, a much-needed victory to start this well, not start the road trip. They started it against Ottawa. They did lose that game, um, but they did bounce back. They beat Toronto, a Leaf team that gave them a thumping uh, at T-Mobile Arena last week. Vegas turned the table uh, against uh, Toronto Tuesday night. I think that maybe gets them going, not to mention Shea Theodore, you know, was injured for a bit. You know, having him back certainly helps. There's no doubt uh, for this Vegas blue line. Um, you know, obviously still without Eichel and Stone, there's clearly still issues up front. 
But that was definitely a step in the right direction. It was a great start for Aiden Hill, too, and he needed it. Aiden Hill's kind of been treading water lately with his performance in net, but certainly the Vegas uh, team needed a good pick-me-up performance and a win to feel good about themselves again, uh, and they were able to get that against uh, Toronto uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, now they take on a Bruins team that, look, this has been a rigorous schedule for the Boston Bruins. You go back to the uh, start of – they played Dallas – and they went to a shootout, L.A. in an overtime before that, two home games. Then they went on the road trip. And not only did they have to play uh, four games uh, in one, two, three, four, five, four games in six nights, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, and Seattle, they had to empty the gas tank in all four games because they all went past regulation. So now that after those four hard-fought, intense road games in a row, all against pretty good teams, maybe with the exception of Seattle, which is more of a okay team, although Seattle I think is capable of better, uh, that was a tough road trip, good opponents. You're coming back home off this long road trip. Every game was intense. Every game expended energy for this Boston team. It's just a brutal spot for Boston. and They have laid eggs before coming back home off these lengthy road trips. I still remember the Seattle Kraken got them last year when Boston was coming back home off a very lengthy road trip last year from the West Coast. So I'm going to take a shot with Vegas here. I think they're live in this game. Uh, the Cassidy factor, uh, you know, it's they, they faced Boston enough since he's been there. I don't think it has the same cachet that it did before where, they, you know, rally around and win one for Cassidy here. But still, every time he goes back to Boston, you know, after getting fired, you know, there's that onus. Hey, let's let's get the job done here. And like I say, Vegas comes in here with now with some confidence. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see them get the victory. And they've actually gone to TD Garden, this Vegas team, and beaten the Bruins Two straight visits here, 4-1 two years ago, 4-3 in a shootout last year. So Vegas plus 140, and of course, of course we're on the draw again. We have to be. This is a no-brainer that we're on the draw here. Six straight overtime games for the Boston Bruins, six straight, six, six straight past regulation, seven of the last eight games for the Boston Bruins have gone past regulation. Uh, we've been on a handful of them as well with the draw. We're riding it back running it back once again tonight. So Vegas and draw for me, uh, Alex Golden Knights Bruins. Yeah, we'll have the poll at uh, the underscore ice guys on Twitter, what we're going to come up with a nickname for uh, Boston as far as their draw run goes. But Boston draw another... party, pretty good. I like draw that party one. was good. Drawston Bruins was another one we talked about in the back cast. So we'll, have to, we'll, let, wow. we'll let the people decide with that one. But uh, either way, yeah, we're running back with the draw again, obviously. But I do like Vegas here. I grabbed plus one uh, thirty-five yesterday, and uh, like I said, this just feels like a good spot for Vegas to gotta get things in the, in the right track. He said they're not afraid of the spot. They're not afraid of the venue. You know, you're not gonna have this Vegas team be uh, you know rattled by anything. Even even going through their bumps and, and mumps and, and having their lose their losses. They'll be geared up and ready for this game. And like I said, the Cassidy factor just adds to that. And it's a little bit. It's not, you know, it wasn't some kind of bitter firing and it and it led to some kind of rivalry or whatever. But it just it's just going to have everybody amped up and just a little bit sharper. So, you know, guys want to play well for their coach. And uh, knowing that, you know, that spot and that time is the same group of guys from the last couple of years. So I think we see the same kind of play. And I think it's going to be uh, a fairly close one. I think Vegas gets to win. If I had to pick a correct score of some sort, I would say 4-3 Vegas and shootout. That would work for me. I think that we could definitely see that. No question about that. Yeah, the Drosten Bruins. I had not heard about that uh, idea to call it that until Alex mentioned it. I think that one sounds pretty good as well. Uh, Matt, what are you doing here? Vegas, Boston. Yeah, I like the uh, the game total over at five and a half. Um, 
I think Vegas is going to score some goals. So instead of taking Vegas, um, you know, plus 140, which is great odds, I think I'm going to take Vegas to score over two and a half goals. Uh, it's still, you know, solid. I think it's like minus 110. Um, you know, that's still solid for me. And then on the off chance, you know, Vegas loses 4-3 in overtime, you know, you're safe with that uh, that team total over. So I'll be on that and the game over. I might jump on the first period over um, as I think Vegas, you know, is feeling good about themselves after that Toronto win. Um, but, yeah, my big two plays here would be the game over and then the Vegas team total over. And then I'll, I'll jump on the draw as well just given the, the streak right now. Bruins off the road trip might be a little – uh, sloppy with the puck, especially defensively in their own zone. Vegas, and I'm seeing now Vegas has gone uh, over the total in four straight games. Yeah, I'll sprinkle a little bit on over five and a half here uh, in this game. I will just based on the number being what it is. I know it's a system play for Matt. He always says at five and a half, uh, I'm looking at over regardless of matchup and situation. Uh, so, yeah, I think I might get in on that for a little bit too. the Golden Knights and Bruins as far as uh, that total is concerned. Uh, there's a lot of good options for props. We mentioned, I think they're all still uh, good options as far as coil, you know, he's been good, uh, certainly for them. Uh, geeky is starting to pick up, up again and make, uh, something happen, uh, for the, uh, Boston Bruins as well. Nick Wah, you know, with what he's been doing, I think is very live. So, uh, those are some props I would look at here tonight. All right. The New York Islanders taking on the Detroit Red Wings next up, even money. Uh, right here, pretty much both sides minus 110. Uh, the total sitting at, uh, it looks like six or six and a half. Actually, most books have six uh, with the uh, total here uh, between the uh, Islanders and the uh, Red Wings uh, in this game. Uh, the Red Wings continue to look, you know, very impressive winning games. The, ro- the home record's been very good. 18 uh, 8 and 5 this year at Little Caesars Arena. Uh, they've now won six in a row. Uh, and the latest win was an 8 to 3 beatdown. Uh, 8-3 pounding over the Washington Capitals. Uh, They beat Chicago, St. Louis, Colorado, Seattle, Calgary before that. So it's been a very good run of of games for this uh, Detroit Red Wings team. Islanders, meanwhile, uh, they had a rough weekend uh, losing at St. Louis, losing to Tampa Bay. uh, But then they bounced back against uh, Dallas, 3-2 in overtime. I think that was a very advantageous situation, though, for the Islanders to take care of business against Dallas, considering just the grueling schedule that the Dallas Stars went through, particularly on that road trip. We'll see if they it can carry over here to this game. Uh, they played back in October. Red Wings got a 4-3 overtime win uh, against this uh, Islanders team. We'll see if they can duplicate that uh, here tonight in this one. Uh, Detroit does play Florida Saturday afternoon, ABC, national TV spotlight game. So, You know, this is kind of a tricky. I'm worried a little about the spot here. The things are just rolling along nicely. Beat down against Washington off the Kane, come uh, the Kane goal, the return to Chicago for him. uh, That emotional night. Um, You know, I'm worried that there's a dud maybe for Detroit tonight. But at this price, I still have to look to Detroit. I have to. I mean, it's cheap. They're the better of these two teams still. I'm going to split it with the team total over, and I'm going to sprinkle on the draw here in this game as well because we did see overtime last time between the two teams so uh and the islanders right now are at a point in the season where they'll drag any team into the overtime as long as they can secure a point because every point's so valuable for them so i'm going to do a little detroit money line team total split along with the draw here alex islanders red wings 
Yeah, I'm on Detroit uh, money line and the draw split as well. A little heavier on the draw, uh, just because if we get the draw, we can probably grab uh, something a little bit better in game with Detroit money line. But like I said, this is a cheap price uh, for Detroit and a cheap price to fade the Owls. I just I don't like the Owls form right now. And like I said, they usually find ways to hang around in games like this. But it wouldn't shock me one bit too if they end up losing five two six two and getting blown out. Like I said, uh, I don't think there's going to be too much of a letdown. From the you know the the whole cane atmosphere and things. If anything, that would probably be more on the Chicago end, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But uh, I think Detroit's focused and they're primed on trying to be a playoff team, and they know that the Islanders are a team that's that's in their rearview mirror, but they could push them a little bit further back in that rearview uh, with a win here. So wings and draw; those are the only two things I like here in the spot. And Chris Otto mentioning that this matchup is the number one and number two ranked teams in the NHL for the first period draw. So there you go. If you're interested in uh, a little first period draw, you can bet that too. You know, you're not just uh, chained to full game when it comes to these draw bets. You can look at first period uh, as well. And it looks like you can get, you know, first period as far as the uh, draw is concerned here. Let me just uh, take a look here. Plus 175, plus 180. I might, yeah. I might sprinkle on that a little bit too. You, you know, it's you could, just, you, you know, could take some shots with, with that at plus 175 or take some shots with first period correct scores, 0 0 and 1 1 as well. Yeah, those would be the obvious correct Divide scores. Three ways. Zero, zero and one one. Yeah, no question. So I think because you know that your 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 potential score, uh, correct score options, you know, after the first period are lesser, you know, that early into the game. So zero zero one one, you could do a little bit of a a sprinkle on that, no question. But yeah, first period draw. You're talking about the number one and number two teams with the most first period draws this season, going head to head in this game, Islanders and Red Wings. Matt, what do you like here? This just seems like weird, um, a weird spot for this game. I mean, I, I, the obvious play is Detroit. I would think. I mean, just how they're playing lately. Um, I again, I don't. I agree with you on the Islanders win in Dallas. You know, great win for them, but I don't think it shows me that they're back or that they're rolling or anything like that. So, um, yeah. I mean, I, I feel weird about it, but I'm, I'm definitely going to take Detroit money line um, as well as the Detroit team total over. Um, and then I may sprinkle on that first period uh, draw. It might be a fun little play for the uh, first set of games to see if I can get that um, to stay 0-0 or even be 1-1. But uh, I think there will be goals, so I would lean if you're going to take the correct scores. If you were just going to pick one, which there's no reason to, but um, I would lean 1-1. I think there will be at least a goal or two in this first period. But, uh, but yeah, I lean Detroit here. Um, I'm not really sure why it's uh, sort of a pick em, but. I'll take it. Not a great price, but you know what? I'll throw in as an official play. Give me a Kane and Debrinket point parlay plus one twenty-five. I mean, again, the price isn't off the charts, but plus one twenty-five. Patrick Kane, Alex Debrinket point parlay uh, in this game. I mean, they've been they've been on fire, both of these guys. Uh, and I think when you look at it, that's that's pretty. I don't want to say nothing's a lock, but even at plus 125, that seems like a really a positive expectation, same-game parlay wager if I've ever seen one, is just asking. The, and you don't have to worry about goal and, or assist. You just get a point, whether it's scoring a goal, whether it's setting up a, a teammate, uh, and it gets there. So, yeah, plus 125 for a Kane and Debrinket point parlay. 
uh, in this game for Detroit. I think that's definitely worth a look, especially with the the heater that both of those guys are on right now uh, for the Red Wings. All right, Carolina Hurricanes and Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, next up, we've got uh, Carolina minus 250 uh, road favorites uh, here in this game. The total uh, six and a half across the board. Very, very tough situation for Columbus, right? In New York last night against the Rangers, they lose four to one. They probably played a little bit better than the final score indicates, but Final score is all that matters, and uh, unfortunately for uh, Columbus, they fall short to the Rangers four to one. Now you got to play on a back to back. You've got to put Daniil Tarasov in there uh, in this uh, game tonight for the uh, Blue Jackets against this Carolina team, and we know he's had his issues uh, in between the pipes for the uh, Jackets most of the season. Fantilli, and now you lose Kent Johnson as well. Uh, in addition to you know you're already down Adam Fantilli, so we'll see if uh, Columbus can somehow cobble together a solid effort tonight against a very good Carolina team. But it's certainly not going to be easy given the uh, scheduling situation and a couple of these injuries they're dealing with, and a goaltender that's just four and seven uh, with a 3.65 goals against average and 8.87 save percentage in net uh, in Danil Tarasov. So uh, very very tricky here. I'm going to take Carolina's team total here. Uh, look, the Carolina team total bet is always dicey because this team can clearly be very comfortable and satisfied winning 2-1, They don't always get you the four goals that you need uh, as far as team totals are concerned. But I think they can get that tonight. This is a Blue Jackets defense that's now got to play on back-to-back games. It's a Blue Jacket defense that A, isn't great. B, doesn't have a lot of quality depth to it. Now you got to ask all these guys that have played, you know, hard minutes last night, play hard minutes tonight against a tenacious forechecking team against a Carolina team that, as we know, they're a high volume shot team. Most nights they'll shoot the puck from anywhere against a goalie that's clearly struggling with his confidence right now in Tarasov. So, you know, this could be a night where Carolina, even with their offense, like they have scored three or less in three straight, four straight games, Carolina. I totally get it. But I think this is a spot against a tired team. Uh, a weaker defense, weaker goaltending for the Carolina Hurricanes to get to four goals tonight in this game. And if you actually look at series history between these two teams, specifically here, Nationwide Arena in Columbus between these two teams, Carolina won 6-2 to two in Columbus last January. Um, you know, before that, they put up, they, they lost in a shootout, they put up three, but before that, they also scored seven and five goals. So they basically put up four or more in three of the last four trips Uh, to Columbus. So I'm going to take my chance that tonight they can get that offense going enough to get to that four goal mark. Again, this is a team that sometimes parks the bus with the lead can sometimes be more than satisfied. Just, Hey, we've got our two goals. We've got our three goals. We're up two one, three, one. We'll just protect the lead, get the W and move on. There is concern about that, but I think given the spot for Columbus on the road, back to back Tarasov and net who struggled. And the fact of course, that, um, you know, the defense for Columbus isn't that great to begin with. Heavy minutes last night, heavy minutes again tonight for a weekend blue line. I think this is the night Carolina can get to four. So Hurricanes over three and a half team total minus 136. And clearly I'd rather lay that kind of a price than minus 250 uh, in this game. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Hurricanes, Blue Jackets. Yeah, this is going to be a pass for me. I feel like if I bet uh, Kane's team total over, this ends up being a two nothing game. And if I bet the... <laughs> Under this ends up being six five in a shootout, so I'm I'm just staying away from this. It's a big enough car, and I like other stuff. All right, nothing wrong with that. All right, Matt, what about you here, Carolina Columbus? Yeah, I really feel like it'll be a pass for me as well. Um, at least pregame, um, 
I'm not going to lay a minus 250 on Carolina. I do think they win the game. Um, I, I'm in agreement with Alex on the over-under. If I take the over, it'll be a 2-1 game. If I take the under, it's going to be 4 nothing or 4-2 after the first. Um, so, yeah, it'll probably be a pass game for me. Maybe a couple props here and there. They jump on Stefan Nason anytime goal score or something like that. Just since, um, you know, I was on the show today and, and that's been hitting. Um, but as far as sides, totals, don't really like anything in this game. Yeah, this is one where, you know, I'm not in love with either puck line, Carolina first period or full game puck line. But this is a spot where if you like a puck line, I favor the full game because you want the third period as part of your bet because that's where Columbus is back. That's where the back-to-back spot's going to hit Columbus most third period tonight uh, in this game. So that's why I prefer full game puck line if you're going that route uh, for the uh, Carolina side of the equation here tonight in this game. But again, Kochekov has not been confirmed yet for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. It's worth that's why I pref- that's why I, the team total is my was my first look, my first choice uh, in this game because I don't want to be dealing with puck line if we get a Ronta sighting here tonight for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. So, uh, keep an eye on who's going to be the tendy here tonight for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes in this game. All right, and by the way, for props, <laughs> it would be only the Russian trio for Columbus. They're the only guys you can rely on night to night for Carolina. We've talked about Natchez. We've talked about bunting is a good call from Terry. Uh, he's been noticeable lately for sure. Uh, those would be the props. Certainly I'd be uh, looking at for Carolina tonight in this game. All right. Montreal and Florida next up. We've got the uh, Florida Panthers as sizable home favorites, as you would expect minus three forty here in this game against the uh, Montreal Canadians total sitting at uh, six uh, pretty much across the board, shaded to the over uh, in this game. It is Sam Montembo back to Florida. You know, he was in that organization at one time, and he certainly played one hell of a game against Arizona the other night. He's the reason the Canadians beat the Arizona Coyotes the other night. 36 saves on 38 shots. I think it was one of his best performances of the year uh, in that game. But Spencer Martin, right? It's not going to be uh, Ronta, of course. Spencer Martin. Ronta, I think, is still... Uh, unavailable. Yeah, if it's not Gochekov, it'll be uh, Spencer Martin. Ronta's still out. Thank you for that. Forgot about that. All right, Montreal, Florida. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's enough to take Montreal, though. What, Montembeau's just going to go back there and uh, bagel the Florida Panthers? I'm not so sure. And while he was great against Arizona, let's not forget he kind of had some rough games before that. You know, the loss to Buffalo, the loss to the Rangers where he gave up a seven spot. Uh, In fact, he was on a three-start losing streak before snapping it with that win against Arizona. And Arizona, um, you know, he looks at this situation as, you know, um, they can't they can't get their get out of their own way right now. So that's why we can't get too excited about what Montembeau was able to do uh, in that game against the Coyotes. Let's see him go to Florida here against uh, the Eastern Conference champions and get it done. Florida's dominated this series, six straight victories. You know, what's amazing about this series is since December of 2022, six straight Florida wins. All six of the victories by three goals or more. Not two goals or more, three goals or more. So if I'm looking at Florida tonight, I'm going to take my shot with a minus two and a half alternative puck line uh, on the Florida Panthers tonight. That would be the way I would go about it. Now, they've got Detroit on TV, national game TV, ABC on Saturday. I don't know if that's a huge big deal, though, as far as a look-ahead spot. They've just completely dominated Montreal. And at this point in time, I don't know if I trust Montreal against quality foes. You know, they got pummeled by the Rangers 7-4. to four. 
you know, the last time they played a really, really good hockey team, I can't even count the Devils as a really good hockey team right now. The last time they played someone really good, like near Florida's caliber, was the Rangers, and they lost that game 7-4. to four. So this would be Florida team total over and or take a shot with the alternative puck line on the Florida Panthers. Again, six straight victories over Montreal by three goals or more. So the margin of victory has been at least three goals in six straight for Florida here uh, over Montreal. And the uh, alternative team total in this game, uh, alternative puck line in this game is minus two and a half at around plus 150, uh, plus 160 uh, is what you can get with that. So uh, I haven't locked in either. I don't know if I will, but I'm just throwing it out there. That's what I'd be looking at in this game. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Montreal, Florida. Yeah, this is another pass for me with the giant uh, price here. Like I said, you could kind of play around with things, maybe look at so if, you know, the people who like to add things to parlays. This would be kind of a parlay piece game. Uh, you know, we always look at Sam Reinhardt to get a goal for Florida. That's something that uh, you can kind of look at, maybe, maybe add some player props to tie different things in. But I probably won't have anything uh, individually in this contest. All right, Matt, how about you here? Canadians, Panthers. Yeah, the one I, I'm in a similar boat just given that it's such a heavy price, but something that I just found that I definitely love and I will be taking is Florida over one and a half goals in the first period. Um, I'm seeing it as high as plus 195. So um, I think for them to come out and score two goals in the first would not be anything surprising, um, you know, especially given that Montreal New York game going 7 4. Um, so yeah, that'll be my only play pregame. I might look at florida team total over three and a half but even at that price it's it's tough odds and then i do like that florida minus two and a half look um alternate puck line so i might sprinkle on that as well yeah florida uh, first period puck line for chris Otto. Uh, he says he likes that in the chat you like that team total over one and a half is a good uh, value certainly with the uh, panthers anytime you get a team total over one and a half close to that 200 price that's pretty good sam bennett is someone I'd look at for uh, Florida. He's starting to pick it up. We know Kachuk has been better lately. And yes, Brandon Montour, there's no question. Uh, he's actually worth a goal prop look tonight. You know, three goals in the last five games, eight points in the last five games as well for Brandon Montour. So shooting the puck quite a bit. Uh, it is absolutely worth a look right now with what he's doing. Yeah, Mike Matheson against his old team. Yeah, Mike Matheson is a guy that he was piling up some points for a while there for the uh, Montreal Canadiens, uh, you know, and you look at him, he's been starting to heat up again a little bit lately. Now, do we trust him to score? I don't know. He's only got eight on the season, but certainly an assist prop, a goal prop. You could split both uh, with Mike Matheson. You're right. He used to be a Panther. It's where he started his career, five seasons here from 2015 to 2019. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, I think that's uh, worth a worth a shot. I mean, for the old pl former player angle. And the one thing about Matheson is, while his offense is erratic, and especially goal scoring, he hasn't been able to produce a ton, eight goals. He does play number one power play. So he will have the opportunity, uh, no question. And it should be, by the way, for the, uh, by the, way, for the Panthers, it's Anthony Stolarz uh, who's going to get the start tonight, not Sergei Bobrovsky uh, for them. But keep in mind with Stolarz, this has been a very nice run for him. He's been very good lately. Four and one, uh, seven goals on 144 shots, 951 save percentage in those five starts. Uh, 1.97 goals against, 925 save percentage. It's time to stop thinking of Anthony Stolarz as an inferior option. You know, he's played very well for the uh, Florida Panthers for uh, most of the season. All right, next up, we've got the uh, Arizona Coyotes, who the, uh, the losing streak and the plight. Uh, continues for them 
they go to Toronto to take on the Leafs. Uh, it is Toronto minus 230 home favorites uh, in this game. Total six and a half across the board. I, I'm actually tempted again somehow by uh, Arizona, but I think I've had my fill after the Montreal game the other night. Um, you know, that's a spot where, you know, they should they have stepped down in class. They just couldn't get the job done. Uh, these are spots where Tor- Toronto's had their Toronto has not beaten Arizona in regulation at home in Toronto, I believe, in like 20 years. Uh, I saw that somewhere. It's crazy that they have had this kind of a problem at home against the Arizona Coyotes. And you just go back and look at recency between these two teams here in Toronto. Last year, 4-2 Arizona here in T.O. The year before that, 5-4 Arizona in overtime here in T.O., um, before that, Toronto did win, but 3-2 in overtime. In the year before that, Toronto four, uh, Arizona 4-2 in Toronto. So three of the last four visits to Toronto, Arizona's won, and the only Leaf win was in overtime. So they've clearly had their hands full uh, with the uh, Arizona Coyotes, just overall, but especially here at home. That being said, they did beat them handily last week in Arizona, and Arizona's in a really, really, really bad way. Yet Toronto off the Vegas loss, they got to stop the bleeding. No one's going to accept them losing tonight to this Arizona team, regardless of the revenge factor, regardless of the fact that, you know, Toronto struggled in the past with Arizona. This is a team that is ripe for the picking, struggling mightily, can't buy a win right now. Off a loss to Vegas, Toronto, the other night. This is where Toronto's got to step up and get the job done here. And the fact that they're going to go to Joe Wall in net tonight, Joseph Wall is in net. He's making his return. He has not started in a long time. He had a lengthy injury absence, but he got a rehab st- start in the AHL last Friday. He looked spectacular in it. 37 saves on 38 shots and a 4-1 win. He looked ready to go, ready to rock. Let's not forget he played well before the injury that he suffered. You know, And you know the players are going to want to win this one for him in his return and, and everything he's gone through trying to get back from that injury. So... You know, I'm not sold. This is that same old. We're going to bet Arizona here in this spot for me, uh, personally. I think I might sprinkle on the team total because I could see them getting the three here in this game. There is that factor that as and I like Wool. I don't care who's in net for Arizona, and it's going to be it looks like Connor Ingram tonight. But if you notice, Connor Ingram hasn't been the same guy since he returned from injury for the Arizona Coyotes. Now a lot of that is the shit team in front of him. The defense has been abominable. Uh, lately for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. It's been awful. But at the same point in time, we can't totally absolve Connor Ingram of blame. He's given up seven goals and two starts since he's been back. The team can't defend in front of him right now. So, you know, when I look at this, you could argue Wool is the best goaltender in this matchup tonight uh, against the Arizona Coyotes. So I'm going to sprinkle on the Coyotes team total a little bit. Um, I don't know if I can do the draw. I, I know I did the Arizona draw split last year in Toronto. I don't know if I can. They're, they're bad right now. They're finding ways to lose. Toronto's got to step up here. I will sprinkle on the team total over. What I will do, though, is the over trifecta as well uh, in this game. My first of the card, over one and a half, over team, uh, both teams to score first period, uh, both of those as well as over six and a half. And keep in mind, with Toronto, we've got these second period and third period over trends that have been very strong for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, while I'm on the first period, both teams and over one and a half. If it starts slow, we can jump in on the second period, third period overs here later in the game. And keep in mind, you know the drill by now. We do a little over two, pre-period, both teams to score, pre-period. And then we look for over one and a half, minus 120 or better during the period. That is the betting approach for me with betting these period totals. 
uh, moving forward, including with this game, should the uh, opportunity uh, arise. Uh, what do you think here in this one, Alex, Arizona, Toronto? Yeah, and yeah, I, I misquoted that yesterday when I was posting it on, on Twitter. But yeah, like you said, it's having getting that flat two, which that's available at bet three six five, correct? But that is that is during yep. the game. Yes. Right. Okay. So yes. yeah. So if you have books that, and I don't know what other books I have to shop at three six five, you won't out. see second and third period totals until the just before the intermission of the uh, in the right. previous period. Yeah. Right. And you, but you can find them at flat numbers. So that's the thing. Trying to find flat totals in in any market it's kind of hard so if if you have bet 365 you have that option but obviously you can also look at the fan duel uh and, and some other books that have both teams to score in the second period pre-game and grab some of that as well too when you're trying to kind of shape up and and get the best of, of value looking at these second period over so i just wanted to mention that because i did tweet that out yesterday but as far as this game goes and i will be having a lot of live looks even first period and full game overs will be things I'll look at in-game to try to get lower prices. Uh, the only thing that I like pregame is, like you said, Arizona team total over two and a half. The way I look at this is that either Arizona wins again and they score three goals, four goals, or it looks like it did uh, last week in, in, at Mullen Arena where Toronto wins it, the game handily, but they still give up three goals. And like I said, with Joseph Wall coming back, and yes, yeah, okay, you look good in the AHL, got his conditioning stints in, but we can still see him give up three goals in Toronto – you know, win this game handily. That's that's, that's not a, a far-fetched ass. So laying just a dollar fifteen for two and a half with Arizona. That's the only pregame look I like. Everything else I'll be uh, doing in game. Right, good stuff indeed, no doubt. Um, what do you think, Matt? Arizona, Toronto. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it pretty simple. I'm not gonna do the uh, the over trifecta, but just do the first period over and game over. Um, I'm totally cool if you want to wait and do it live to get a little better odds because you are having to lay like minus 160 on that first period over. Um, but on the off chance that there's two quick goals in the first five minutes, then, you know, you can't really get in on the game. So um, I'm probably just going to lay the juice and take the first period and game over here. I, I think it'll be I think both teams will give up a few goals. So I think it'll be, you know, a 5-3 type of game. Um, I lean Toronto, but not at that price point. Um, so yeah, it'll just be first period and game over for me. So wait, you like yeah. you like both teams to score in that spot as well in the first period? I see. I I don't hate that play. Just on the off chance they play similarly to how they played in Phoenix, and Toronto's up two or three nothing, then you lose on that bet. So no, I might just get, well, lay the juice and just take the minus one and a half. Okay. Yeah, there we but go. I I don't hate that both teams just score because i do think arizona is fully capable of scoring in that first period so no i i, I was I, I just brought it up strictly because you were saying about in reference to with laying juice at 160 you know would you be having some of that in pocket so that way you could shape it where you don't have to just go pot committed to just laying 160 you could kind of divide it up a little bit and maybe even give yourself some wiggle yeah. room to find a better price in game that that was my suggestion yeah to that. no yeah that's a good point yeah i may do i may do a little split and then Again, obviously, look live. If there's no goals in the first five minutes, then there's going to be really good odds, and I, I still think it can hit at that point. So, yeah, um, yeah, good yeah. There's no, there's no pregame ceremony. You're talking about like they'll do a tribute, probably for Kerfoot. Yeah, um, that was a joke. That was a joke. Yeah, yeah that's a joke. Yeah. <laughs> they might. You never know with this fucking team. They gave one to Pierre Engvall for Christ's sake. I mean, I couldn't believe that. You know, from the uh, New York Islanders, but that was just ridiculous. That's totally absurd. Giving one to Pierre Engvall. Come on, my goodness. 
Uh, yeah, there's a lot of props I like. McMahon, I'm going back to Bertuzzi. But look, Bertuzzi's plus 250. What did I say the other night when we cashed the bargain bin on Bertuzzi? This will be the last. If he scores again, this will be probably the last time we get him above plus 300 for bargain bin material. And sure enough, look at Bertuzzi's plus 250. But I still like it. I mean, he's on a roll right now, McMahon. Uh, I would look at Kerfoot for Arizona against coming back to Toronto, of course. Uh, I think when you look at it uh, also, uh, when you uh, look at the uh, Arizona side of things, I like Dursey. Someone mentioned Dursey. Dursey's a Toronto kid. He doesn't score a ton, but I think he could be shooting the puck a little bit more. Uh, certainly maybe get an assist as well, but Dursey, I don't mind the looks. Dylan Gunther, I think now, getting more opportunity, first power play. Zucker, uh, those would be some other looks for Arizona. I would focus mostly for me on Tyler Bertuzzi, Domi uh, maybe as well, because Domi I think's had some chances for them. So uh, keep an eye on that as well in this one. Uh, all right, next up, we've got Winnipeg and Dallas. Uh, many of us were kind of hoping we'd see Chris Tanev make his debut tonight for the uh, Dallas Stars, but that's not going to happen. Uh, he won't make his debut probably until next Tuesday. They're even doubtful he'll be ready to go for Saturday when they play San Jose. So we'll see how that turns out, how that shapes out. But no Tanev yet. Visa issues will delay his arrival. Uh, we've got Dallas minus 135 home favorites, six the total. The one thing that's been very, very clear about the Winnipeg Jets, when they played in Dallas this year and last year, they play hard there. They play really good there. And they play Dallas tough there. And I, I wonder if the Rick bonus factor is something to do with that. Knowing Rick Bonus was there in Dallas as the head coach, knowing he got let go, and, and there's that kind of you know extra uh, extra you know sympathetic vibe to let's get going here and let's let's get this done for Bones here tonight back in Dallas. But um, it's not just that as to why I'm leaning Winnipeg in this game. This schedule for Dallas, it's caught up to them. They had zero legs by the third period against Colorado the other night, and they're coming back again traveling. I, I've said this uh, before on the show. It's ridiculous the travel that they've had to do since February 10th, nearly three weeks ago at Montreal, home for one game, at Nashville, home for one game, back on the road for four straight on the road, back home for one game against the Islanders, back on the road, back to back in Denver the other night, and now back home again. This is travel from every game to the next game for over 10 games in a row now. That is going to eat away at you physically. And you're just, it's going to leave you devoid of energy. It's going to leave you devoid of that extra that extra skating stride that you need to win puck battles in an NHL game. And that's what we're seeing right now from uh, the Dallas Stars. To me, they're a vulnerable favorite. What Dallas needs right now is a couple of games in, in a row at home. And unfortunately, they're only going to get two games in a row at home because they're going to have San Jose on Saturday, and then they're going to go on the road against uh, San Jose on Tuesday. Uh, in a home and home. So even then the schedule makers gave them two measly little home games before they have to travel again. So it's just, this is just the schedule. Sometimes in the course of a long season, guys, the schedule just chews you up and spits you out. Okay. And right now that's what it's doing to the Dallas stars. I could only look at Winnipeg here tonight, especially when you're talking about them with their defensive minded play and structure and the way they've played in Dallas and Hellebuck and net getting them at a dog price. Uh, is always interesting to me. So probably we'll sprinkle on Winnipeg. But what I like even more is the draw uh, in this game. I think there's definitely overtime potential. Dallas has been just a overtime machine, especially on home ice. You know, last two games at home have gone to overtime against the Oilers and the Islanders. You look at this uh, series history between these teams last year in Dallas, November 25th, 
Winnipeg wins 5-4 in overtime. We've seen six of the last 10 meetings go past regulation. Winnipeg's gone past regulation in two of their last three games overall. So Jets, a little bit on the draw, too, for me in this one. Uh, Alex, uh, Winnipeg-Dallas. Yes, I like the over trifecta in this. And uh, I'm going to be, I guess I could say two out of three I have already in pocket. First period over one and a half, minus $1.12. And first period, both teams to score plus 192. Both available at FanDuel. Over five and a half is available there, minus a dollar thirty. I have a small piece of that. I would like to try and grab that at either a dollar ten or plus money in game. Uh, so that's the way I'm looking at that. So if you can find a six, if your book has a six, I say go ahead and grab uh, over six now. Play the play the full over trifecta. But with that five and a half, I'm gonna maybe be a tad bit greedy and try to get some plus money out of that. But I like the first looks. Uh, first period over and both teams to score in that. And I also like the draw here as well. Obviously a strong series history. Now keep in mind that six out of 10, five of those were in a row going back yeah. a few years ago Four, yeah, we've seen uh, only one of the last five meetings go, but like I said, Dallas is one of the best teams, especially at home going past uh, 60 minutes. And I definitely could see this one being uh, tight enough. I think we get goals. So three, three correct scores, something I'll have in pocket small as well in this contest. And considering I like over six along with the draw and, First period over, first period, both teams. And second period over. Don't you guys forget about it. We will be all over that, of course. See, I don't love overs as much as you in this game, but absolutely the second period over. uh, 100% I'll be on that that here. No quite 18 straight, guys. Uh, As you know, you've got to look at it. And what I'll be doing, and I'll mention it again, is a pre-period bet, probably on over two at a small price. Both teams to score second period, and then we'll get over one and a half at minus 120 or better during the second period if that price comes about. That's the approach I take now with these period totals, how to bet it, because you just can't lay over one and a half in the period before the period starts unless you want to lay minus 200 or, or something like that. And uh, I don't think many of you want to do that. Uh, what do you think here, uh, Matt, Winnipeg-Dallas? Yeah, we talked about it a little bit pregame, um, pre-show, sorry. <laughs> um about the the Tanev situation, obviously would have loved for him to play, but I do think it gives Dallas a little boost to know that he's on his way. And, you know, if you're one of the defensemen in the bottom two pairs, it, it may motivate you to, to play well to try and stay in the lineup when he does get there. So, um, yeah, I, I'm weary on the overs here. I am going to be on the first period over, and I did get in on the over five and a half last night. Um, I, I always – Generally take the five and a halves, but Hellebuck does worry me. You know, he is a great goalie. Um, you look for Andre to have a bounce back game after that Colorado game. He knows he didn't play well. Um, I'm not saying it was all his fault, but, you know, to give up five on, I think, like 24 shots is, is not what he's hoping to do. So, um, I and again, the chat will be like, oh, he's biased. I, I'm not saying I love Dallas in this spot. Um, but I do think they that this is going to be a really exciting game. I'm not going to be on either side. Um, I do have a best bet on this game um, that I'll bring up later in the show. Um, it's a little interesting best bet for me from what I typically would take. So um, I'll save that for later. But uh, but yeah, overall, just really excited for this game. I think uh, I think both teams will be playing kind of playoff style hockey. I do think there will be some goals, but I, I just think both teams you know will want to win. Obviously, but I do think the draw is a good play here because, like we've mentioned before, if it is tied, you know, with 10 minutes left, both teams want at least a point. Um, so they may, you know, play more defensive, play more trap, dump pucks in, and then, you know, get that 
overtime point and then, you know, try and win the game from there. So I do like the draw here, um, but overall just really excited to watch the game. Um, and obviously excited for Tanev to eventually be in a Dallas Stars jersey, but it looks like it's going to be um, on uh, next Tuesday in San Jose. So, All right. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be one of the San Jose games indeed. And we got the goalie matchup we all want to see uh, in this game. Connor Hallibuck, Jake Ottinger could be teammates for Team USA in international competition down the road, uh, quite honestly, uh, these two guys. So uh, going head to head here uh, tonight <laughs> in this game uh, for me. <laughs> Excuse me for me with uh, props. Um, looks like we've got a, a a switch up here from DeBoer. I see Robertson, Hintz, Pavelski. I see Marchment, Duchesne, and Steele. I see Ben Johnston and Craig Smith. Uh, and uh, I see Delandria Foxa uh, right now. On the, I don't see Stankoven. What's going on here? Um, is that it? For did they, did they send him back down? Did I miss that? But I don't see him on the line combos here for. Uh, Dallas tonight because I'm looking at Stankoven. We're trying to ride this young kid right now the way he's been going, but don't see him right now. But if if he is playing, if we find out this is just a uh, an error uh, and he's playing tonight for Dallas, then uh, I'd still be looking at Stankoven in some fashion here for Dallas. I think for the uh, Winnipeg Jets, uh, the the ones you really want to focus in on right now, Monahan, uh, Ehlers is starting to heat up. Velarde, it goes without saying what he's capable of. Um, so those would be some of the There we go. We're back. Sorry. Uh, Monaghan, uh, Ehlers, uh, they'd be what I'd be looking at for uh, Winnipeg. Monaghan, Ehlers, uh, and certainly uh, uh, Gabe Bellardi. Uh, certainly the uh, players would be uh, most interested in as far as props go on the uh, Winnipeg side of things. All right, Minnesota and Nashville uh, next up. Nashville minus 115 home favorites. Uh, the total six here uh, in this game uh, tonight. These are two surging hockey teams right now, and I still put Minnesota in the category of playing pretty well, even after the loss to uh, Carolina the other night. Where you know they got Kochetkov, he was very good in the third period. Carolina ends up getting the three-two win uh, in that game. Really fair in this game, but this is a huge game. These are two teams that are right on that outer edge of the wild card race in the Western Conference. Huge points on the line. The draw to me is the obvious bet here. I really do think we're going to see uh, a good chance for overtime here with these two teams. I honestly lean Minnesota a little bit. Um, Nashville, the only thing that concerns me is Nashville's, look, even in what was supposed to be a bad spot, Nashville ended up overcoming it, but Ottawa was pretty wretched you know, the other night in that game against the Predators. So I don't want to give Nashville too much credit, but I still must say, you know, to come off the road in a tricky spot like that, which is usually bad news, you know, that can be something that just to see them win that game and win it comfortably four to one, you still got to give Nashville a whole hell of a lot of credit for that. No question about it. So for me, I've got to lean to Minnesota, but I think I'm only going to stick to the draw here. Alex, what do you think? A very important big time matchup here as far big points here on the, on the line, on the table for these two teams, wild predators. Yeah, absolutely. This is a game where I like to draw here, but I'll be looking at some things live. I could see um, this obviously being a local game with the wild. I'll be watching this one closely. I'll probably be having a lot of next to score props. Uh, so this is one where definitely follow me on, on Twitter at uh, AXMF sports. I'll be tweeting these out yeah, if, if I like them. So this is a live game for me that I had big kind of circled, but I like the draw here. I grabbed plus 340 this morning. And uh, like I said, you know, two teams that need the points desperately, two rivals. Uh, they always have some really good battles back and forth. So 
uh, just kind of adjust things live and just hope for the draw. Uh, definitely should be a fun one. No doubt. A couple of better starts for Gustafson. You know, step in the right direction. Because he had really been scuffling a little bit for a, a, a period of time there. But the Edmonton game, even in the loss against Carolina, I don't think he played that bad for the uh, Wild in net. Uh, what do you think here, Matt? Minnesota-Nashville. Yeah, this is a good one. I may end up passing on this um, pregame. Um, I do think there will be some live bets as well. Um, but maybe a first period over here. I think both teams want to come out strong. So, you know, maybe there's two goals in the first. Uh, but two teams that are obviously battling for playoff spots. Uh, I do think the draw is a nice play. Just similar to Dallas-Winnipeg, if it is tied late, you know, both teams want to at least secure that one point. So uh, definitely like that. But uh, maybe first period over here, but don't really love anything pregame. Even say I love the props here in this game all that much. I know I'm, I'm tempted to go to Nyquist again, the Gus bus, because he had been quiet, but he's starting to heat up again. I think you got to go to the Gus bus, quite honestly. He's, he is heating up six points, uh, goals in three straight games for the uh, Nashville Predators. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's time to get – he's a streaky player. Remember the streak he was on earlier this year? We talked about Gustav Nyquist props pretty much every game for the uh, Nashville Predators when he was uh, surging offensively earlier in the season, and he's starting to get back to that right now for the uh, Predators uh, in recent games. And again, plus 270 for a goal, plus uh, 144 for an assist. And keep in mind, too, with uh, uh, Nyquist here recent games, like I said, uh, starting to pick it up. Forsberg, too. Uh, but obviously you don't get great prices with him. To me, Nyquist is the one for sure. And by the way, two and three points in two of the last three games, you could go plus 500 is out there on Nyquist over one and a half points. You know, just saying that is a, uh, that is a quite a strong uh, price there at plus 500 for someone that's had a multi-point game now uh, in two of the last three uh, for the uh, Predators. Uh, all right, as we continue along here on this big Thursday slate, uh, next up here on this Thursday, uh, we've got the, um, here we go. Yeah, Colorado, Chicago. This is actually Nash national television tonight on eight on ESPN tonight. Uh, a Thursday night national TV game for them with the Avs and the Blackhawks. Uh, Colorado a minus two seventy uh, road favorites. The total six across the board in this one. Uh, this is the closest uh, reincarnation to Gary Thorne on the mic that ESPN has calling the game tonight. Uh, Bob Wischusen for this Colorado Chicago game. Uh, when you look at this matchup tonight, I'm going to definitely go with the first period over. There's no question when it comes to Colorado, Chicago. Colorado's on this over first period type of train again, uh, big time in recent games. I think now the run is 9-2 and two to the first period over for Colorado in their last 11 games. Uh, and that's been the trend lately for Colorado. They score and their opponent often can get on the board. I don't know about their opponent getting on the board tonight, but the opponent getting on the board is more possible now with Eustace Onanen confirmed in net for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. So maybe there is, maybe this is both teams to score. And the one thing about this game, because Colorado is such a huge road favorite, you're going to get both teams to score first period in this game at a hell of a good price. Uh, sounds like that dip that I always get. Hell of a good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this price is certainly up plus 180 uh, is what we're looking at here for uh, both teams to score. Uh, between the Avs and the Blackhawks. And say what you will about Chicago. We've talked about this pretty much all season, this theme. Chicago at home plays tough, plays hard. Uh, you, they don't shortchange the fans from effort uh, as far as the home games are concerned. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me to see them, you know, give Colorado a solid battle. I don't know about win the game. We know Colorado's been a little iffy on the road at times. 
Um, but in this spot here tonight, you know, uh, Chicago might be able to dent the twine a little bit, knowing that it's on and in net. Now, Onan did have a better start when we saw him last against Detroit. Uh, he gave up two goals. They lost in overtime, but he certainly played better than he did before that. But I got to see. Let's see the guy have two good games before we're ready to say he's taken a step forward as far as progress is concerned. So I lean full game over too, but this is one where I like the goals earlier in the game for sure. Uh, over one and a half first period, both teams to score uh, first period. Uh, Alex, Colorado, Chicago. Yeah, I'm right there in that first period over. Don't like both teams to score as much, even though last two meetings at the United Center, we have seen both teams score. Uh, but that's probably the only thing that I have here. I, I can't make a case even for – uh, an avalanche team total, maybe a Hawks team total live. If we see Annan look like shit, then maybe we could try and grab a, you know, he gives up a goal early. We try to grab a, a two and a half and uh, maybe the Hawks have, have stand a chance in this one. But uh, uh, obviously Colorado is a much stronger team overall, even with Annan and net in this game could get out of hand. Like I said, if we see a little bit of a hangover in a contest between either Chicago or Detroit in their game tonight, I would expect it more to be Chicago, especially from the crowd, right? If you were at that game on Sunday, then he's not going to have the same atmosphere. Oh, especially with atmosphere. A, yeah. Especially with a later start too. This is an eight o'clock local time, usually it's seven or seven 30. So that also makes kind of a difference too. I just don't see where the same energy is going to be able to be matched by the, the faithful at the United Center tonight. And I think that kind of maybe could translate on the ice a little bit too. So first period over is the only thing I like here. And I might look for some things in game. Absolutely. Two props I really like for Colorado. We're back. <laughs> Excuse me. We're back on our Turi Lekkanen again. He's on fire. He's playing with McKinnon and Rantanen uh, on the first line for Colorado. He's been great scoring, assisting, getting points. I think he could sprinkle on goal, assist. Could even maybe take a shot at over one and a half points for Arturi Lekkanen tonight. And now that it's two games in a row, he scored for the Colorado Avalanche from the fourth line. I'm going to go again with Andrew Cogliano. Why not? I mean, it's now two games in a row he scored against Toronto and Dallas for this Colorado team. You're getting these mammoth prices. What was it, plus 900 the other night when I cashed with him against Dallas uh, to score a goal? So now it's two in a row that he scored. Plus 850 is still out there. Points bet. FanDuel, plus 800. Why not? Put a couple bucks on it. He's on a, two, he's on a heater for Andrew Cogliano standards. <laughs> two games in a row uh, with a goal for the Avs. Uh, what do you think here, Matt? Colorado, Chicago. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with both of you guys. I'm definitely on the first period over. Um, I don't necessarily like both teams to score. I think it could be a Colorado 2 nothing first period, maybe worse. Um, if Chicago does score, then I feel really confident in that first period over because I don't think uh, Colorado will be shut out in the first period. Um, but, yeah, don't really like anything else. Um, you know, obviously big prices on both ends. Um, I would obviously lean towards Colorado, but uh, not going to lay minus 270. Uh, an interesting prop that I may throw literally like a dollar or two on um, is Seth Jones, Caleb Jones, both to score. Um, they're brothers. Obviously, they played together in, in Chicago. Obviously, Caleb Jones didn't get re-signed. Um, you know, I'm seeing either, their goal prop is like plus 700. So if you combine the two, throw a buck on it, you know. On the off chance it hits, it would be pretty wild. So, um, just something for fun. But uh, as far a little as actual flaw with bets, your I thinking think... there, Caleb Jones may not even play for Colorado. I've got him. I know not that's... Even in the top six right now on D. On D. 
Yeah, that's the he's coming up on Bavada as a goal scorer, but you're right. There's a good chance that he may not even be in the lineup. So um, maybe maybe wait until I think that game's at nine o'clock Eastern time. Maybe wait till like eight thirty, and if it says he's going to play, might be something worth doing. But uh, but yeah, first period over is really the only thing I like pregame uh, in this one. Yeah, and uh, keep yeah. So yeah, I've I've got Caleb Jones and Curtis McDermott, the uh, the, the extra defenseman for call. Yeah, because everyone's healthy on the blue line. It looks like right now. Yeah, Kale McCarr, Devon Taves, Sam Gerrard, Josh Manson, Jack Johnson, Bowen Byram. So yeah, it looks like everyone's healthy on the blue line. So uh, it's a good theory, but we may not get to pra- put it in practice if uh, Caleb Jones is a no go here tonight for the uh, Colorado Avalanche in this game. All right, Pittsburgh and Seattle. We've got the uh, Seattle Kraken minus 115 home favorites, six the total. I believe in momentum, and Seattle's kind of had a tough schedule, and they've kind of been up and down, but that was a galvanizing win for them, I thought, against Boston because they were down, they came back, they were down again, they came back again, and they ended up winning that game uh, for the uh, Boston uh, over the Boston Bruins in a shootout. Uh, it was a very important two points for them. They need these two points desperately. So does Pittsburgh. Both of them are not only out of a playoff spot, but they're like a good four or five points out. So both of these teams definitely need points. It's an important game in the schedule here in this game. Um, but yeah, I don't trust Pittsburgh off of really good win yet. I know that was a much better win for them against Vancouver compared to beating Philly when Cal Peterson was absolute shite. And by the way, shocker of the day in the NHL newswise, Cal Peterson cleared waivers. You know, I can't believe that happened. My goodness. Uh, I thought guys that give up six goals and shit the bed is just exactly what teams are looking for right now. Uh, so, yeah, not uh, to- not a shock at all. Cal Peterson uh, cleared uh, waivers for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. He was – I can't believe how bad he was in that game on Sunday. But, you know, Pittsburgh benefited from that. They beat Montreal before that. And that was a good comeback against Vancouver. I was very impressed. But I'm pumping the brakes here with Pittsburgh. Uh, I would only look Seattle here, minus 115 at home, short price. Uh, Penguins now coming off the high of that comeback win against the Canucks. I think uh, Seattle now multiple home games in a row, build a little momentum going into this game. Grubauer's on fire. He's the better of the two goaltenders, in my opinion, right now. Uh, With all due respect, Tristan Jari on his best night can be capable. But Philip Grubauer's play since returning has been excellent. Uh, Absolutely excellent. He's given up just... Seven goals in his last four starts since coming back. Uh, he's been uh, absolutely terrific, uh, allowing just six goals on his last 80 shots, 3-0 and with a sub-two goals against average, and a 940 save percentage in his last three starts as well, Philip Grubauer. So give me the crack in here. Crackheads for me, minus 115. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Pittsburgh, Seattle. Yeah, it makes total sense. This, this game just shapes up to be one of the draw season candidates of the night. Two teams, cross-conference, needing points desperately, both – uh, kind of staying out of each other's way, both kind of having some up and downs at, at recent times. But I could feel like this would be a good game, a close game, and I'm all over this draw. I got it plus 350 this morning. Uh, that's the only thing I like here. All right, liking the draw. I would lean that way too. This is definitely one where I could see the draw uh, coming through here, Penguins and Kraken. Keep in mind, both teams, their last game was a draw uh, hit. Boston, Seattle, and of course, Pittsburgh in their overtime win against Vancouver, which also uh, ended up cashing the draw. So, like I said, I prefer Seattle to the draw, but I might get in on the draw for something small. Uh, what do you think here, Matt? Pittsburgh, Seattle. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i definitely on Seattle on this one. Um, I just can't trust Pittsburgh and Seattle being at home. I give them a little bit of an edge. Um, I do think there's a good draw candidate. I didn't have it written down um, pre-show, but I definitely will be taking the draw here. 
Um, it's the same thought process as Alex mentioned. You know, neither team cares if the other team gets a point. They're different conferences, but they both desperately need points. So 10 minutes left, they may mutually agree to let's get this to overtime and then we'll play it out from there. So I'll be on the draw um, and definitely on cracking money line in this one. I kind of lean towards the first period over, um, but I also could see it being kind of a slow start. So uh, we'll see it closer to pregame if I'm going to take that, but definitely the other two. Um, but yeah. Yeah. As far as props, there's actually a few I like in this game. I don't know what the, if it's going to be up or low scoring or high scoring, but I'll say this. I do like the way Grubauer is playing right now. And so I think it's, it's one of those totals that could go either way, but Riley Smith and Ricard Raquel Raquel has been on fire. Not so much Riley Smith, but I'm going to keep betting Riley Smith as long as he's playing with Sidney Crosby uh, on that top line. And meanwhile, Raquel's doing all the production right now with Crosby on that top line. He's been very good, so I would certainly look in that direction. Maybe it sprinkles on Emil Bemstrom, the 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 guy that they just acquired from Columbus, and Lars Eller, who scored the other night for Pittsburgh. There might be some value there. And for Seattle, McCann, yes. Eberly, yes. Bjorkstrand, yes. He's starting to heat up for them. Um Andre Burakovsky doesn't look like he was going to play. He's been struggling, but he's been very noticeable. He's had a million chances. So if Burakovsky was in the lineup for Seattle, I might have looked at his props, but it doesn't look like uh, he's going to be in. And, yes, Vince Dunn, 100% with uh, Vince Dunn. Uh, he is heating up on the blue line right now. His offense has been noticeable. What is it, four points, three straight games with a goal, point in four straight games for Vince Dunn. So, yeah, the Vince Dunn Express. He gets it done, and he's getting it done right now uh, for the uh, Seattle Kraken. No question about that. So good prop there as well. All right, L.A., Vancouver. Vancouver minus 140 home favorites, six being the uh, total here in this one. All right, uh, Vancouver frustrated the hell out of me the other night. You know, you're up 2 nothing in the first when you're on a team total, three and a half, and you end up losing in overtime, 4-3 to a Pittsburgh team where really all, really all that and not that enamored with, I should say, and about their ability to be consistent night to night. Um, but L.A., are they fading? I mean, they've had a tough week. They've lost both games on the road trip in Alberta, losing to the Oilers and the Flames. Can they bounce back? Um, it feels like this is a circle the wagon spot for the Kings that they'll probably bring a good effort here. And Vancouver's a little vulnerable right now. And uh, you're looking at them just one in five in their last six games as the first official, you know, skid malaise slump of the season if you will for vancouver not rushing to lay a buck 40 with vancouver either they've gone to overtime in two straight uh it'd be draw or pass for me and even prop wise there's not a ton i like here other than probably i would say besser's eating up for vancouver and you got to keep riding kevin fiala right now for los angeles who continues to be uh i think one of their best offensive players right now so maybe those props maybe the draw nothing strong though for me in this game alex what do you think kings canucks yeah, I didn't even I didn't even grab the draw here because I, I, I could see where if Vancouver can get their shit together, they could win this game in regulation. But like I said, these are two yeah. teams that are just kind of in iffy spots right now. Uh, at plus three seventy, it's worth having maybe a little bit of draw in pocket. But this this is a game I don't like at all. I was wanting to watch. Wait, maybe you see something pop up live. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. I felt the same way. It's just I want to lay it with minus with Vancouver right now. Let's let's let them go through their little you know, slump right now that they're in. Uh, but I don't trust LA enough either at the moment. Um, I know they had a little bump with Jim Hiller initially, other than the Buffalo game. They had won every other game until these last two. Now they've lost in Alberta, both games. So uh, we'll see how this one uh, plays out. Uh, what do you think here in this one, Matt, LA, Vancouver? 
Yeah, don't really like anything uh, pregame. I, I lean towards the first period over because I think both teams would love to get a, a goal going quickly. Um, but I just – I don't know that I can trust it with Vancouver being kind of up and down right now. Uh, L.A. is playing better, but they are on the road up in Vancouver. So um, probably a pass game for me. And then, as Alex mentioned, I might be watching it live and see if there's something, um, you know, worth taking uh, alive. But uh, pregame, nothing here for me. Nothing here for uh, for uh, Matt in this one either, Kings and uh, Canucks. All right, final game now of this uh, Thursday slate. It is uh, not the most – it seems like we end these great, huge cards with not the most glamorous game, and we've done that again we here with, yeah. the, uh, <laughs> with the Anaheim Ducks and the uh, San Jose Sharks. Uh, Anaheim minus uh, 135 uh, road favorites. The total in this one sitting at um, six shaded to the over the hell do you do with this huh how do you lay a buck 35 with anaheim and i'm done with san jose after that what they did for me the other night against new jersey just completely shit in the bed hard the moment blackwood got injured in that game and it totally crumbled after a great first period from san jose against new jersey and completely utterly collapsed the rest of the game uh against new jersey the other night with cockin in the net who was caca if he's anything like he was the last game I mean, Anaheim should probably win this game. You know what I'll probably look at here is probably a, a small over trifecta. I can't help myself here. How do the goals not flood in with these two teams right now? You really can't trust either one consistently to keep the puck out of their own net. Uh, we've seen them both have problems. Uh, San Jose is going to have problems now. I think now that they have got to rely on cocking and night in and night out. They've given up four goals or more uh, in each of their last four games. You know, Anaheim's not a trustworthy defensive outfit. Uh, we've seen them give up 14 goals in the last three games. The games in San Jose between these two teams, let's go back to April of 2022. Last four meetings in San Jose, scores of 5-2, 6-5, 5-4, 5-3. What's the common denominator? All of them going up and over the total. So I really like over six here uh, in this game. Might lean to a first period over both teams to score as well. but uh, And in a small over trifecta. But personally, I like a little more on the full game over. Four straight full game overs head-to-head in San Jose in the tank between the Ducks and the Sharks. Uh, Alex, uh, just a hell of a hockey game to wrap things up here. Anaheim-San Jose. Yeah, well, I'm not watching a second of this. I won't be betting this game. I will be probably getting a DM or a text saying, you like anything in this contest? So I would recommend over six, but uh, I'm not touching this. Yeah, I can't trust either of these freaking sides. I actually think it would lean Anaheim. I think Anaheim's still a little bit better than San Jose uh, can win this game. Minus 135 on the road, though. No fucking thanks. And San Jose, not a chance. So just give me goals. Just give me goals and I'll be happy. Uh, what do you think here, Maddie? Anaheim, San Jose. Same boat. Um, first period over, game over uh, is all I'll be taking in this one. I expect it to be more or less pond hockey. I don't expect a lot of hitting. I don't expect a lot of guys blocking shots. What's the point at this point in the season? Um, And again, I've mentioned it before, um, when two really bad teams play, you know guys that are on those top two lines are thinking about goal incentives and bonuses that they can hit. These are the nights to get points. So I love a lot of points in this game. Those will be the only two plays I'm on. Um, I do have a men's league game tonight at 10.45 p.m. So I might even be watching this game just because I'll be trying to stay awake for that game. So, um, but yeah, not an exciting game, typical end of night game. So it is what it is. 
And that's 10 p.m. Nevada time, local time for you, right? So that'll be like after all the games pretty much end that you'll be on the ice with your with your uh, men's league team there uh, later on. So uh, yep. they could, remember, all those sports wrap up in the Pacific time zone around 10 o'clock, 10.30. So uh, that'll be after that, that Matt's team. You know what? Watching Matt's team will be more fucking exciting probably than watching this game, uh, quite <laughs> honestly, with the uh, Ducks and the uh, Sharks uh, here tonight in this one. But there could be a lot of goals. I think there may be a lot of goals, so maybe it will be a little entertaining from that standpoint. But you're right. Playing for exercise, neither team's close to the playoffs. Who wants to block a shot? That is a theory I've said many a time for sure. All right, great stuff. That is the Thursday card. Shout out to everyone tuned in. 260 live viewers. We appreciate it so much. Hit the like button. And a reminder, patreon.com slash iceguys, just $10 per month. Um, and again, goalie charts, totals charts, power ratings, and more uh, there every day. And sides, totals, and player props from Alex and me and our guests every day posted on the page. And, of course, more Patreon-exclusive live betcasts coming up in March and beyond. So make sure you sign up. Uh, Patreon.com slash IceGuys. Your $10 per month subscription goes a long way to keeping the show rolling for the long term. Patreon.com slash IceGuys. Just $10 per month. Sign up for that. And, of course, make sure you get your gear and your merch at the IceGuys store, IceGuys.MySpreadShop.com. Yeah, today is the last day where you can save 20% off. Just go to iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Click on the redeem button at the top of the page. Add everything to your cart, and you'll get 20% taken off of your order at checkout. That is at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. We've got some Matt Robinson sympathizers in the chat. B. Rocco, I had a beer league game at 11 last night. Brutal. Uh, Alan Trimble, the dreaded 11 p.m. local time beer league game. So there you go. It's going to be feeling it uh, is uh, uh, stumbling around heading home maybe after that game from uh, get, getting off the ice for that one late tonight for our guy, Matt. Uh, but good stuff. And also a reminder, too, there's some news. Uh, as you know, uh, I don't know if everyone knows this, but lately we've had uh, our shows uh, three days a week. Uh, we uh, loan the Ice Guys show out to the Fired Up Network with uh, Joe P uh, runs that. And uh, we've been doing that for a while while well, they're launching True TV Plus next week. Uh, in the U.S., and uh, we're going to see have our show uh, sent to them. They'll put it up there. All the shows that are on that platform are at random times. They just run one after another, no set times. But if you have True TV Plus in the U.S., you're going to see our faces, yeah. and you're going to see the Ice Guys show on there seven days a week. So that's pretty cool. And uh, like I say, uh, hopefully America's ready for us there. True TV Plus, they're starting next week. Yeah, curious to know how the editing process is going to work out. <laughs> but uh, that's wonderful. Uh, you know, shout out to Joe P and Fired Up Network and True TV Plus for uh, adding us onto the rotation. And uh, I said, hope you guys catch us there. Yeah, yet another avenue to find the ice gas. Yep, absolutely. Uh, that's that's what we're looking for. We're trying to get this show uh, out there in a million different ways as much as humanly possible. No question about it. All right. So with that in mind, we'll be back in a moment with Bargain Bin Special of the Night and Best Bets to wrap up the show right after we hear from our daily sponsors here on the Ice Guys, our friends at Boston Hemp. <laughs>
All right, Boston and Pink, make sure you check them out and you can get 20% off all orders on the website with the promo code ICEGUYS over at bostonhempinc.com. All right, it is time for best, well, not best bets yet, bargain bin special of the night. I'd have my head cut off by some of our viewers if I skipped the bargain bin special of the night, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, can't do that to everybody. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like in the bargain bin tonight? Yeah, so I'm taking a shot. Going out to the west side of Chicago, you got Colorado taking on the Hawks. And there's a guy for the Avalanche who has done a whole lot of nothing the last few games. But I think this is a good spot uh, against a bad team for him to get things back on track. And looking at Logan O'Connor, still on the second line, hasn't been taking a whole lot of shots. In fact, went shotless and scoreless uh, in that last game against Dallas. He has scored two goals against the Hawks previously and played 11 games against Chicago. I can see where maybe he gets his rhythm going. Like I said, this is the kind of time where you see players who need to get into a groove on a good team, they do well usually against those bottom-tier opponents in the last kind of 20 games or so. They find their openings. So, uh, And it's funny, there was an old uh, ad back in the day in Chicago that says, if anyone can, O'Connor can. So we're going to roll with Logan O'Connor, get a goal tonight. We can get that as high as – list of everything that's gone get that as high as plus 350 uh is what i'm seeing so anywhere around in the plus 300 range several sites have him over plus 300 well within the bargain bin range logan o'connor anytime goal for colorado tonight against chicago all right there we go and that's someone i've cast with before in the past not recently but earlier in the season i've been on logan o'connor a couple of times alex going to that uh well tonight logan o'connor colorado avalanche for his bargain bin special of the night uh, matt I, I was all uh, bargain bin special of the night. What do you got? Yeah, so I'm sure everyone's expecting me to go to Dallas. I'm actually going to keep it out west. Um, I do love a, a Thomas Harley goal tonight again. I, I think he's due. But uh, as far as bargain bins go, um, I'm going to take it. Uh, let's see. Games in Vancouver. Um, he's playing on the first line with uh, Kopitar and Byfield. I'm going to take Alex Turcott anytime goal. I'm seeing it as high as plus 600, plus 650. Um, you know, a player playing on the top line with those two, why not? So Alex Turcott, anytime goal scorer for the LA Kings. All right. Interesting. I like it there. Uh, Mr. Turk Turcott here for the uh, LA Kings, uh, the Alex Turcott, which you can find as high as plus holy shit, 850 at points bet for uh, Alex Turcott to uh, find the back of the net tonight for the uh, LA Kings. Uh, my bargain bin special of the night. There are some teams. It's just uncanny. How many times a player that used to play for that team comes back and scores against them? And one team that it seems like every former player comes back there to Toronto and scores against them, it happens against the Leafs. So with that in mind, I'm taking Alex Kerfoot for the Arizona Coyotes tonight, uh, a former Leaf who's actually not been in bad form offensively the last uh, month or so. Uh, defensively, Arizona's been a wreck, but they've not always been as bad offensively during this losing streak. And Alex Kerfoot's been a part of the offense, plus 430 uh, at FanDuel uh, for Alex Kerfoot tonight against his former team, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, you're seeing fucking Pierre Engvall earlier just recently for the Islanders come back to Toronto and score against the Leafs. So this is insane how much this happens. So I'm rolling with it. And the price is great. Alex Kerfoot, Arizona Coyotes, plus 430. Uh, for my bargain bin special uh, of the night. All right, it is time for best bets to wrap it up for this Thursday show. Alex, what do you got for best bet? Yeah, we're going Buffalo, Tampa Bay. First period over one and a half. You can get minus $1.28 at FanDuel. 
nine first period overs in a row, head-to-head meetings, 16 and four the last 20 meetings. I do expect goals back and forth here early in this contest. So give me Sabres and Bolts. First period over one and a half. That is my Thursday best bet. All right, there it is. Buffalo and Tampa Bay. First period over. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. Matt, what do you got for best bet? Yeah, so I am going to take this one to uh, Big D. Um, There's a player prop uh, for a best bet, uh, which is unusual for me. I don't think I've ever done that. He's about a point of game player against Winnipeg. Uh, He always tends to play well against Western Canada. And uh, he's been playing on the line with Wyatt Johnston and Logan Stankoven. So I'm going to take Ben anytime point tonight. Uh, It's plus 110 on Bavada. You can probably get a little better price, but I think that line's been rolling. Um, you know, Wyatt Johnston, anytime goal props, always a great prop. And if he scores, there's a good chance Ben has got a point. He's also on their first power play. Uh, so give me Jamie Ben, anytime point score uh, tonight against the Winnipeg Jets. There you go. I like it. Not many of us use player props as a best bet, but uh, that's clearly um, something you can do uh, on the show. And I like it. Jamie Ben uh, to get a point plus 110 for the uh, Dallas Stars for uh, Matt Robinson and his best bet. Uh, my best bet for this uh, Thursday card, I can't determine whether, you know what, let's let's do it. Let's make a draw a best bet. It's hit six times in a row for crying out loud. Why not seven? I hope I don't put the kibosh on it, making it a best bet, but we're going to do it. Let's go Vegas-Boston draw. That's right, a rare draw bet. And I know the haters out there that hate that we're on the draws uh, like we are on the show daily are going to love hearing this, but tough shit. Uh, Vegas-Boston draw, uh, plus 350 uh, at FanDuel uh, for my best bet. Hey, six straight Boston games have gone to overtime. I think it makes sense. Uh, It's a great price. Let's take a shot here. Vegas-Boston draw, plus 350. Uh, for my best bet here for this Thursday NHL card. Uh, That'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. We appreciate it very much. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith and Matt Robinson, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Thursday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we are back tomorrow for a Beantown Friday edition of the Ice Guys. (laughs) 